Did you know that eating flavanol-rich dark chocolate may be a promising tool for managing cognitive decline? Studies from Columbia and other research centers show the real cognitive benefits of daily cocoa flavanol consumption. Benefits like improvements in executive cognitive function, processing speed, working memory, and mood were observed in studies where participants consumed 500 to 900 milligrams of cocoa flavanols daily. I searched high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Flava Naturals performance dark chocolate bars and cocoa powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to help promote healthy brain function. I use it every day. To order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. There, you can read about the science behind cocoa flavanols and get great recipes too. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Thank you for downloading these podcasts. Thank you for reading the Intelligent Medicine newsletter. If you don't already subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine newsletter, simply go to drhoffman.com, drhoffman.com, and click subscribe. The newsletter comes out once a week, generally around Wednesday maybe Thursday. And if you're getting it, or if you have subscribed, but you've not gotten the newsletter, check your spam folder. Maybe it's going there. So make sure you have that email address on your contact so it doesn't go to your spam. You can unsubscribe at any time. This is important because who wants to, you know, maybe you're getting a whole lot of emails and things and it's time to clear out everything you're getting because you're not able to read everything. But we thank you for putting intelligent medicine at the top of your reading because you'll, you'll get good information uh, from Dr. Hoffman. And we're here to, because we're compelled to, uh, to bring you the latest information. If you'd like to make an appointment, call the office and speak to Liz. 212-779-1744, 212-779-1744. If you'd like to email me questions, topics of interest, I do, I do like hearing from you very much. The email is questions at drhoffman.net. Questions at drhoffman.net. Hey, do you suffer with migraine? Are your migraines persisting even though you've, you've removed common triggers for your migraine? Hey, ladies, maybe you're getting migraine around the time of menses or it's part of your PMS or something like that is going on there. That's more hormone related. However, Anyone having migraine would benefit from re- from removing certain foods or certain ingredients in your foods like 
monosodium glutamate, MSG. Uh, that's one thing. You want to check your labels, the label on, on anything you're eating for MSG, monosodium glutamate. But did you know it can also be called yeast extract, natural flavors or natural flavorings, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, things like that. And definitely chuck the bouillon. If you're using bouillon in making soup, don't. Make your own soup from scratch. I've got a, a, a chicken soup recipe on the website. It's an article, my go-to chicken soup. I add a lot of pepper, seasoning, salt, all of that. It's got to simmer for a long time. It's got a lot of vegetables and aromatics and herbs in it. And that's what brings you a great stock without the addition of MSG to bother you or possibly trigger a migraine. Other things that can trigger a migraine and it, things like dairy, particularly the milk protein casein. Casein is found in many foods and it's listed as sodium calcinate, calcium calcinate. Sports bars, sports drinks, packaged goods, even your commercial tuna fish in a can, you might see calcium calcinate there. Sodium calcinate. Your can of tuna, first of all, should be lower in mercury. So find a brand that is lower in mercury. While we're on this topic of canned tuna, you can go to vitalchoice.com to get low mercury, excellent quality tuna. Vitalchoice.com. There should be no ingredients in that can besides tuna and water or tuna and olive oil, maybe some salt. Other things to avoid when it comes to migraine. These tyramine-containing foods, cheeses, aged, mature cheeses, and since it's impossible to know the tyramine content, all cheeses should be avoided, right? Other things, you want to avoid these very inflammatory vegetable oils. I'm talking about safflower, sunflower oil, corn oil, hydrogenated oils, the safflower, sunflower, corn oil, the American Heart Association will still tell you these are heart healthy, which is terrible and wrong. And I don't know why they continue, but I think big food has something to do with it, the food industry. Other things to avoid, sugar. If you have any food allergies, avoid them. Avoid those allergenic foods. Food additives. Alcohol, smoking. I don't have to tell you about alcohol and smoking, right? So, but did you also know that migraine may have to do with histamine? And this is from the Institute of Functional Medicine. This is really interesting. We know that migraine headaches in humans have been documented for 6,000 years. And the condition... As you know, if you're a migraine sufferer, it's complex, it's often chronic. And today, migraine is the third most prevalent disease in the world and the second leading cause of disability, affecting up to 1 billion people worldwide following depression. That's news to me. Wow. 
This painful neurovascular condition is characterized by a unilateral pulsing headache that lasts for hours to days and is often associated with a variety of symptoms like nausea, vomiting, sensitivity to light, sounds, or even odors, right? If you're a migraine sufferer, you may need to be in a dark room, lie down, you know, turn, you know, turn, turn off any kind of sound. <clears throat> a challenge in migraine research lies in its complex multifactorial pathogenesis. Headaches may result from genetic, metabolic, or environmental factors, or endocrine, like hormonal, right? But while the exact pathophysiology of migraine remains unclear, there's evidence that neuroinflammation plays a role, and food has been identified as a triggering factor. And to this end, continued research into mast cells and their release of histamine, an inflammatory trigger, plays a fundamental part in migraine pathophysiology and management. What is the role of mast cells and histamine in migraine? And how might an understanding of neuroinflammation inform migraine therapies like diet and modification? When I think of neuroinflammation, I think of anything causing this inflammation, and that includes those very pro-inflammatory vegetable oils I mentioned, sunflower, safflower, corn oil, even canola oil, cottonseed may be the worst, peanut oil is not great, all of these. So <clears throat> it's widely accepted that migraine involves activation and sensitization of the trigeminovascular system, which leads to the release of several pro-inflammatory neurotransmitters, and it causes this cascade of these inflammatory tissue responses, right? So evidence suggests that neuroinflammation in the meninges, that's the, you know, the, the meningeal fluid, that, that area around the, the brain, the, the meninges, which is part of the cerebrospinal fluid that goes up down your spine around your brain, that's what, we're, that's what they're talking about here, that the meninges are involved and that it's a key element resulting in this kind of sensitization. So <clears throat> mass cell degranulation, it's the, that form of basic characteristics of the inflammation that are believed to occur when we're talking about the pain of migraine. So mast cells have been shown to be involved in migraine and meningeal mast cells are in close association with neurons, right? Nerve cells, which then can be activated and degranulated. And this causes the release of mediators of all kinds of things, neuropeptides, bioorganic amines like histamine and serotonin, and the release of pro-inflammatory cytokines 
like tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin-1, interleukin-6, further promoting this cascade of events. Histamine in migraine. Histamine is described as an ancient tissue amine preceding multicellular organisms. If you take an antihistamine, that antihistamine is there to block any histamine release. That's what it's there to help to reduce your allergies, for example. Right? So histamine is fundamental for inducing allergic inflammation in eczema, which is associated with increased headaches in childhood, especially in patients with severe disease accompanied by fatigue and sleep disturbance. And did you know that higher migraine prevalence is also found in people with allergic rhinitis and sleep deprivation increases histamine release and exacerbates migraine. So studies suggest that migraineurs, people who get migraine, have increased plasma histamine levels and they're more sensitive to it which makes them indeed more susceptible to external triggers of histamine, like food. So histamine intolerance, also referred to as food histaminosis or hypersensitivity to food histamine, arises from the failure of the GI enzyme DAO, DAO stands for diamine oxidase, to degrade dietary histamine at the intestinal level. This is a working enzyme that needs to be present to help degrade the histamine. Otherwise, there's an overabundance of it, and that could be the reactor, that could be what's causing the reaction. DAO deficits result in an increase in systemic histamine concentrations, and then a subsequent onset of symptoms, including gastrointestinal, you may feel GI symptoms resulting from that, and other manifestations outside the GI tract like migraine. So doing a dietary intervention could be a powerful tool in identifying and treating histamine intolerance. So the response of a headache patient to any given dietary trigger may may depend on several factors, including the amount or the timing of the exposure. Maybe it's that you eat too much spinach, right? Instead of that may cause, that may trigger migraine for you. We're talking histamine now more than anything rather than a little spinach. It could be a threshold effect. And each headache patient may have a unique set of triggers, right? So it's helpful to do a food diary, an elimination diet, to see what may be triggering. So if histamine intolerance is suspected, a low histamine diet can help to reduce histamine intolerance-related symptoms. And a low histamine diet is currently the most advised strategy to prevent symptomology 
of histamine intolerance. I've administered low histamine diets now for years. A disproportionate amount of histamine in the body is suspected to result from the consumption of histamine-containing foods or drinks and the reduced ability of enzymes like diamine oxidase, DAO, to digest and degrade histamine. In foods, the manufacturing process, the the cleanliness of materials, the microbial composition, and the fermentation influence the amount of histamine contained. As well, foods that normally may be low in histamine will have increasing amounts of histamine as they age or ripen. For example, a green tomato versus a ripe tomato, and especially those with a higher protein content. For example, leftover beef. That steak you made, if you have any leftover or that pot roast, more histamine will accumulate the longer it's left over in your refrigerator. To decrease the histamine load, people may be advised to eat foods that have been freshly prepared and refrigerate or freeze leftovers immediately. In other words, say you made a pot roast, you don't want leftovers for tomorrow or the next day. You want to freeze it, right? You don't want to go more than one day of leftovers. You know by day four, any leftover food that you've cooked, any leftovers should go in the trash. So some foods commonly associated with histamine reaction, just some of the foods. I'm going to name some. With regard to cheese, Gouda, cheddar, Danish blue cheese and Swiss cheese. These are aged cheeses that we're talking about that also contain tyramine. This is a common uh, uh, food known to eliminate, that we know to eliminate on a migraine list of foods to eliminate. With regard to seafood, herring, smoked mackerel, canned sardines, tuna, anchovy, we're talking about those prepared and preserved foods, right? We're not talking about fresh halibut or salmon or something like that. It's herring, it's smoked mackerel, it's canned sardines, tuna, and anchovy. As far as meats, it's processed meats, like smoked meats, sausage, right? Other proteins that are problematic for migraine, tamari, tempeh, miso, and egg whites, All varieties of nuts can be associated with histamine reaction, right? Other fats and oils, some nut oils, avocado, vegetables such as the spinach I mentioned earlier, tomatoes, eggplant, sauerkraut. So that fermented, that sauerkraut you made from scratch may not, may be a foe if you suffer from migraine. See, this is where food is medicine. Fruits such as citrus, bananas, pineapple, papaya, strawberries. Interesting. The, uh, the, um, these, uh, fruits, these very warm weather, these tropical fruits, bananas, pineapple, papaya. But in, di- in addition, citrus and strawberries. And get this chocolate, licorice, sorry, chocolate lovers. Beverages like beer and wine, definitely. Coffee and tea. 
So although no consensus exists in the medical literature as to the efficacy of a low histamine dietary intervention for migraine, because they lack high quality randomized control studies, the available data are promising in support of, of this diet as a disease modifying agent for some migraine patients. The effectiveness of a low histamine diet has been demonstrated in small clinical studies, which report favorable results in terms of improvement or total remission of symptoms frequently associated with histamine intolerance and diamine oxidase DAO deficiency, including there was a prospective study of 28 patients with chronic headache, headache and 17 with other dermatological and respiratory symptoms. They followed a four-week intervention of a low histamine diet. And the patients with chronic headaches saw a 68% reduction in symptoms. This is pretty powerful. Another small study also focused on headache symptoms reported a gastrointestinal enzyme diamine oxidase deficiency in 23 of 27 patients. That's 85% of the patients. So the researchers found a significant increase in DAO activity after patients followed a low histamine diet for four weeks, along with remission or reduction in frequency of headaches in almost 90% of individuals. This is pretty powerful. It doesn't have to be all about a randomized control trial. These are case studies and prospective studies. And even though the studies are smaller, if we see a good result, it's worth talking about. A low histamine diet is considered by some as the gold standard for people diagnosed with histamine intolerance and may be part of the larger picture of assessing migraine triggers. So this is important. If you've been stuck, if you've been suffering with migraines for years and you're following the basic list of avoiding MSG, inflammatory oils, aged cheeses, uh, tyramine containing foods, all of the stuff that you already know to reduce migraine, and it's not taking you there, it's not relieved your symptoms, it may be useful to embark on a lower histamine diet. So, food for thought, if you are a migraineur. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. 
I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.